Life Audio. You're listening to Therapy and Theology, and I'm your host, Carly Merclear. This podcast is a space where we explore popular topics and questions related to the convergence of faith, feelings, spiritual formation, and more. My prayer is that through these conversations, we will grow in our awareness of who we are as beloved children of God, learn to acknowledge our needs and emotions with curiosity and compassion, and rediscover the purpose and power of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. As a licensed therapist and ministry leader, I want to give voice to the many questions we face while cultivating a clearer view of how our faith informs our healing journey. I don't have all the answers, but I am committed to going deeper and walking together. So whether you've been to therapy or know exactly what you believe when it comes to theology, I want to invite you to join this journey as we fearlessly name the complexities of our present reality and press into the hope of the gospel story. So are you ready? Let's jump into today's question and begin this journey together. Your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hey friends, and welcome back to Therapy and Theology. I'm so glad to be with you again this week to dive back into the series that we've been in this month called The Integrated Self, The Sacred Journey of Becoming Known. You know, we have been exploring what it means to be integrated, both our minds, our souls, our strength, and our hearts. And so last week, I was joined by author and psychiatrist Kurt Thompson as we explored the integration of our soul and the importance of seeking to understand how to bring our whole self to God. And today, we're going to continue this exploration of self and the embodiment of our minds. What does it mean to love the Lord our God with all of our minds? And how do we learn to understand our thoughts in a way that allows us to be known deeper and to know God deeper? Before we dive into the exploration and practice of the integration of our minds in our spiritual formation, I want to give some basic understandings of the mind and its functions. Dr. Dan Siegel, psychiatrist and author of many books related to attachment and interpersonal neurobiology, defines the mind in his book, The Developing Mind, stating this, the mind is an embodied and relational process emerging from within and between brains that regulate the flow of energy and information. I love this definition because it allows us to see the mind 
in a more broad capacity. I think oftentimes when we talk about the mind, we think immediately of just our thought and logic. Um, but the mind is so much more than that. And it's a very embodied and relational process. I think oftentimes we get the brain and the mind confused. And so Siegel also explains that the brain and the body are embodied mechanisms of the flow. So that the mind is the self-organizing process that regulates that flow. So we see the mind and body being connected, but not necessarily synonymous. What we do with our minds can change the structure of our brains. And so this is why it's important to understand the connection and I would say even relationship between our minds and our brains. Let me just explain a few concepts that are really helpful from a neurobiological standpoint that can help us understand and value our minds and brains and the way in which we form information and connect with others. So the brain can be divided into three basic units, the forebrain, the midbrain, and the hindbrain. Call it. And these three regions of the brain are the prefrontal cortex, the limbic system, and the brainstem. Each of these structures is thought to have responsibilities for specific mental activities. So our flight and fight response, our survival response, the primal activities of our bodies, and then our emotions and rational thinking. In all three of these working parts, the mind is housed, all working together to complete tasks, to understand information, to process experiences, avoid harmful situations, and express thoughts and feelings. It's incredible. When I think about the brain and its connection to the mind, it blows me away. We have such an incredible creator. Now, we also hear a lot of talk about the left and right brain. So I want to be able to explain that as well. Our brain is also separated into two separate hemispheres, the left and right hemispheres. The left hemisphere is known and understood to be more logic and reason focused. We need this logic in our life, right? But we also have a right brain, a right side of our hemisphere that connects us to emotions and awareness. The brain's left half is primarily responsible for speech, abstract thinking, and it also controls the right side of the body. But the right side of the brain is responsible for image processing, spatial thinking, movement of the left side of the body. If we're looking at a brain chart, you can see that the left and right sides of the brain are very much connected by what we call the copus callosum. And this is how we transmit information from the left side of our brain to the right side of our brain. So the left and right sides of the brain connect to help us both interpret information from an emotional standpoint and logically connect that to memory and to language and to response. So how does this neuroscience help us in growing in self-awareness and connection to God? Because I think this is something that we tend to maybe not even understand from a spiritual concept. What we come to learn in understanding the functions of our mind is that most of the energy and information that's being processed is happening unconsciously. Our body and brain were made to connect us to our mind and what is going on inside of us. But oftentimes we're not even conscious of what's happening, right? We can walk down the street texting on our phones or drive and not even realize what we are doing because we're so used to that process. Our brains are holding so much information and regulating it in an unconscious way. So what I mean by unconscious is that we don't necessarily recognize that what our minds and bodies and brains, this whole connection of the left and right hemisphere and aspects of the triune brain are all doing. 
subconsciously, right? The regulation of the flow of energy and information is oftentimes not even recognized. We can go throughout an entire day without realizing what we're thinking about or how we're getting from task to task or conversation to conversation. The first step to this process of integration of our minds is learning to pay attention to what is going on in our minds, bodies, and brains. Have you ever avoided or ignored an uncomfortable sensation in your body? This is an example of how we can become disintegrated from an important emotional state or dismiss our feelings if they feel uncomfortable or distressing. It also can create an internalized conflict as we begin to maybe doubt ourselves or distrust our inner voice of the experience that we've had. As Kurt Thompson notes in his book, Anatomy of the Soul, when we do this, right, ignore the parts of our body that are trying to give us information, we can miss out on what God is trying to tell us too. And this is why we can see a beautiful connection to neuroscience and our spiritual formation. Pete Scazzaro, the author of Emotional Healthy Relationships and Emotional Healthy Spirituality, talks about this very thing. He explains that we cannot heal from what we are not aware of. So awareness is the first step to knowing what our needs are and what needs to be healed. In this way, our growth in learning to listen and connect to our minds is essential for both emotional and spiritual well-being. So let's look back to scripture for this and use it as our guide to learn to integrate our minds and seek to deeply know ourselves and God. Let's take the definition by Daniel Siegel that I read earlier and explore the aspects of the mind in its connection to scripture. First, we have from this definition that the mind is an embodied process. So what does that mean? Well, it's embodied. Our mind is in our physical selves, right? Our minds utilize our brain, logic, and imagination, but they also use our senses, right? Our heart rate, our feeling, our our taste, our smell, all of these things create a connection to our minds, right? Oftentimes, the way that we connect to most things comes through sensing first before any thought. We have an experience or an acting event, as we call it, and then we have thought patterns, feelings, and actions that follow that. And so the central nervous system is a huge part of this because it connects our brain to our spinal cord and then allows the parts of our body, like our organs, to retrieve and send messages back to our brain. This is incredible. And it also is important to note because when we experience a stomach ache or chest pains, it's really easy to discount those things or to brush them off or dismiss them or minimize them. But in many ways, these physical sensations and experiences are examples of how our mind connects with our bodies to relay important messages. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. 
Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So something I ask my clients frequently is, where do you feel that? Where are you experiencing that emotion? You know, the more we distance or deny the ways in which our bodies speak of our lived experience, the more we will find it difficult to connect to God because we are disconnected from the vital parts of us that connect us to Him. This is why it's so powerful when we see in Scripture how the body is oftentimes connected to our minds. I think of Romans 12 immediately. It says that based on the mercies of God to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is spiritual worship. And then in verse two, it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and pure. In this context, we see both the body being brought to God fully, and then this idea of transforming our minds through renewal, through this testing and discernment of the will of God. I find this so fascinating because a lot of times in Christian culture, we have this disembodiment that happens. And I've talked a lot about this in previous episodes and previous series. But what I think is so powerful is that here we're saying the mind is to be renewed, not by dismissing it from our emotional state, from our bodily experience, but actually by being curious. The renewal of our mind comes by testing and discerning what the will of God is. And we see this by the practice of becoming aware of our thoughts and feelings and asking ourselves, where is this coming from? What's happening? The embodied experience of our minds is very important. In addition, our minds are also relational. They are dependent on and shaped by interactions with others. I could talk about this all day long when it comes to attachment theory and the connection our minds and bodies and brains have to our first few years of life, right? The relationship we have with our primary caregivers is shaped. It actually creates neural networks in our brains and what many attachment theorists would call an internal working model. And so our minds are so formed by relationships with others. This is why in scripture, we see oftentimes we are encouraged to put on the mind of Christ in Philippians 2, or to have the same mind. I love this language because it allows us to recognize that the mind is relational and there is some connection to our interactions with one another. To be able to put on the mind of Christ allows me to then also embody the way of Christ. My mind is shaped by where I'm placing my attention and affection and connection with others. In addition to this embodied and relational aspect of the mind, 
I think we also have to note that the flow of energy and information comes through our thinking and our feeling, right? Have you ever asked someone, hey, what are you thinking or what are you feeling? And they say nothing. (laughs) I think it's an interesting concept because whether we admit it or not, our brains are always producing a flow of energy and information. What I think is very helpful in this context is that the neural firing patterns or responses in our brains create what we call the energy, the flow of energy in our brains. And our experience, these thoughts and feelings, is the information. So think of it this way. We have an acting event, an experience, right, which produces information that our body, brain, senses takes in. And then through that, we have thoughts and feelings. This is an important aspect because our thoughts and feelings are then vastly important in context to our mind. When we think of naming our thoughts or feelings, I think we can get really uncomfortable with this concept. And oftentimes, I think it's because we haven't disembodied the connection between our minds, our bodies, and our souls. And so what does it look like for us to experience something as information that allows us to then connect to these neural firing patterns, this response of thoughts and feelings that creates so much energy in our bodies and in our brains. Exploring our thoughts and feelings can be really challenging. And oftentimes there's many reasons why we don't want to, but exploring them in the light of a life shaped by Christ is so important. When we have put on the mind of Christ and we acknowledge that we are renewed and redeemed and secure by grace and goodness, this is when we put our thoughts to the test. We become curious and challenge our thoughts and feelings within community and with God. I think of 2 Corinthians 10, where it talks about the weapons of warfare are not of the flesh, right? But as a divine creation made in the image of God, we have divine power to destroy strongholds, especially those that come with our minds. And how do we do this? Well, it's by taking every thought captive to obey Christ. This is the idea of looking at our thoughts and allowing the truth of Christ, the mind of Christ, to help us discern, right? When we talk about what it means to test our thoughts, we take them captive and align them to scripture. We align them to truth. We align them to our belovedness. And this can allow us to integrate both our negative thoughts and feelings and our positive thoughts and feelings. In addition to this idea of naming our experiences and the energy and flow of this process, I think it's also important that when we look to scripture, we see that there is another step, not just capturing our thoughts, not just renewing our thoughts, not just embodying this experience, but also focusing our attention. This is so key. In addition to being able to observe and analyze what's going on inside of our bodies, scripture encourages us to set our minds on things above. So this is a really incredible question that we can reflect on. What are we paying attention to? Because what we pay attention to is what we will become. What are our thoughts focused on? How are our emotions directing us? What are the behaviors we seem to repeat day after day? This data is important. It can allow us to realign our whole self, our minds to God. Let us continue to realign our bodies and minds 
to be in step with the Spirit as we set our minds on the Spirit. We will increase in our experience of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, right? I think of Romans 8 where it says, those who set their minds on the Spirit walk in the Spirit. And this is a helpful movement forward to be able to think about, as Philippians 4 says, whatever is good, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, think on these things. We're replacing our thoughts. You know, something I do with my friends often is we will say things like, tell me what's good. And this is not to discount the negative or to not integrate our experience of challenging things in our life, but it is to set our minds on things that are good. It's an intention to be aware of what God is bringing to us in his goodness and grace. And so I want to practice something like this together as we close today's episode. Two things. First, one of the ways that we can start to integrate our minds and allow the word of God to dwell in our hearts richly is by creating a space to reflect on our feelings. You know, maybe it's taking a pen and paper and and just kind of noting, you know, how am I feeling today? What are the sensations in my body? What are the thoughts in my mind, right? If we can walk through this process, it can help us just become first aware of our bodily experience. In addition to that, I think it can be helpful then to explore the thoughts and feelings with curiosity and compassion. What are my thoughts? What story am I telling myself? What are my feelings? How do I feel about that story? And then what are my actions? What do I do within that story? The three aspects that I think can be really helpful in this practice is being able to connect with our capacity, connection, and compassion. Our capacity asks the question, what am I aware of in this moment? What's going on inside my body, my mind? How am I connecting and observing what's happening inside of me? Then connection. How can I attune to the thoughts and feelings that are present? Oftentimes we can dismiss them so quickly, right? And the goal here would be to connect with those thoughts and feelings. To be able to, as scripture says, test them and bring them to the Lord. God, how are you coming to me in my thoughts and feelings? How is God connecting you to his spirit within you? And then finally, compassion. What do these things tell me about me? What my needs are, what my fears are, what my concerns are. Allowing ourselves to show compassion through curiosity allows us then to bring our minds back to the truth set in scripture, that we have a hope in heaven, that we are beloved children of God, and allowing ourselves to respond to how God comes to us in each of those experiences with love and compassion and grace. So I hope these can be just simple practices for us to be able to integrate our minds, being able to connect our thoughts and feelings with these incredible aspects of our brain and bodily responses that allow us to truly access God and understand ourselves in deeper ways. Stay tuned for next week's episode where I will be interviewing Andi Kobler. She is a licensed therapist and author, and we're going to be diving into the final aspect of this series called A Different Type of Strong. I'm really excited to talk about this last aspect of self and what it means to truly experience and integrate our strength into spiritual practices. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Therapy and Theology. If you have a question or topic you would like discussed on a future episode, please feel free to email me or drop it in the comments. Also, don't forget to subscribe to have each week's episode instantly downloaded to your podcasts and see the show notes for resources mentioned in this episode. To access more content and join my monthly email list for the latest updates and info, visit my website at carlymarkguyer.com. If you're hearing this right now, you're probably like, who the heck is this and why are they playing during my favorite podcast? And I get it. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to introduce myself. My name is Trevor Tyson, and I'm the host of Trevor Talks, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. I just want to invite you, if you love podcasts, if you love music, if you love books and love hearing from the people who create it, come check us out at Trevor Talks. Simply go to Google or Life Audio, type in Trevor Talks, and it'll pop on up. Hope you have a great day.